Welcome to the Shy Girls Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Smith, mom to four boys, obsessed with chocolate, a life coach and a fitness professional. I'm here to teach you that being an introvert, quiet or shy is not a character flaw that you can let go of self-hate and choose to be comfortable with yourself exactly as you are, that you can focus on your unique strengths, gifts, and talents while striving for a fit mind and body. Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. I would like to share with you a review from one of my coaching clients, Emily. It reads, Becky's life coaching has empowered me to become more aware of my thoughts. She has given me the tools to discover how I am in charge and in control of my emotions. It has been really neat to see Emily grow and change and blossom over this course of life coaching and just to see her take her own power back and to be more comfortable with herself and with the person that she is. So if you have a review for me, if I've ever coached you, or if you just enjoy this podcast, please uh, leave me a review, send me a review. You can leave me a review in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps other people find me and you might get your review read on my podcast. So thank you so much for that. Today, we have an interview with my cousin, Mandy Waters. She has an inspirational story that I wanted her to share with you that really highlights how to take your power back in a relationship without ever changing your circumstances. So I hope you listen and enjoy. Mandy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Mandy, will you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yes. Um, Well, I live in Las Vegas. Um, I have three boys, all teenagers, three teenage boys. Kind of have a go-getter personality. Um, I love to sing. Singing is my, um, my joy. I love to read. I read nonfiction, um, mostly memoirs, um, biographies, autobiographies, because I really connect with people. Yeah, we have quite a few things in common. I have all boys, too. I live in a yes. very hot place like you do. Yes. I enjoy reading. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, good. So, Mandy, tell me about your recent journey of going back to school. It wasn't even really on my radar. To go back to school but um i received a a blessing um a priesthood blessing in our church where in the blessing i was instructed by the lord to go back to school wow and it was it was just mind-blowing because at the time I homeschooled um, my two youngest boys, and that took just every minute. And I had, I had some significant health challenges where it was hard for me to even um, do the things I did at home. It was very challenging for me to even um, make dinner, clean the house, homeschool them, 
So this just seems so far out of my reach that I couldn't believe it. And, um, but I, I kind of put it on the back burner and I thought about it a lot. Yeah. And, um, but I thought, I don't know how there's, you know, any way possible. And my situation at that time seemed kind of stable. I had been in a bad situation for a while, but it was stable then and everything looked to be going okay. Okay. And, um, but then after about two years, my situation started to change again. Okay. And I knew I needed some kind of help. I didn't know, um, what I could do, but I was in a really bad place. And so I started to look into school and at first I, I tried this one option, but I was going to have to pay a lot of money. It was, um, schooling online, which I thought, well, maybe I could do that, but it was more money. And then finally, um, I was praying one night and I said, well, what do you want me to do? Heavenly father? What, um, what am I even supposed to major in? Cause I have no idea. Cause I went, I did school when I was younger and I kind of bounced around between majors. I had done 60 credits, but I, I didn't really know what to major in. So I was just praying and praying. And then finally it was like a firework went off in my mind. And I was told that I was supposed to do counseling and I was supposed to be a counselor. Okay. And I was, I was like, wow, that degree like requires a master's and this is just way crazy. But I felt so much peace just having that answer. Mm -hmm. So I started to look into um, programs for counseling. And what I found was that I didn't know this, but social workers are counselors. They're most of the counselors out there. They're licensed clinical social workers. And with a social working degree, I could. work at the undergraduate level too it's the only social sciences degree where you can really um do something at the um, bachelor's level and so i looked and it but it had to be an accredited program so i looked into unlv the school um here locally and they had a program and i just felt really good about that and then I, I found out that most of my schooling was going to be covered and paid for. And it was just such a miracle. I wow. couldn't believe it. But then there was the other problem that I had trouble with my health. So I was wondering if I could even attend the classes because I had trouble sitting. Um, I, my back pain was so bad that I usually never sat because sitting hurts really bad. So I was either standing or laying down. And so I didn't even know how I could go to classes and sit. I mean, this was just so far out of my reach, I felt to do this. And I remember I found out I was gonna have to redo all my algebra for school, Mm. which I wasn't looking forward to. It's the one thing I dreaded. I absolutely dreaded, you know, that I would have to redo my algebra. So I found that I was going to have to start with this algebra class that was six credits and it was going to be so intensive. And the class was every day. 
Wow. And I said to myself, I don't know how I can go do this class every day with my body the way it is, but I felt this overwhelmingly good feeling. And I said, I do not know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to try it because I feel this feeling of great peace. So against all my um, reasoning, I stayed in this class and it was only through the spirit that I was able to not cancel that class. And, um, and then other things lined up for me too. Both of my boys went back to school that very semester that I enrolled, which was really a miracle because they were fighting some significant challenges. So they both went back to school. I enrolled in school. It was basically paid for, except for a little bit. Um, and then I started going to class. And so I thought, okay, the Lord made a way for me and I was doing okay. And then something really hard struck just a month into going back to school when I felt like maybe I could make it. All of a sudden my eyes, um, I realized that my eyes, I couldn't look up. Okay. And so I had this bad cold and my ears had um, perforated and I had to get tubes in my ears. And then all of a sudden my eyes wouldn't look up. And so they were partially paralyzed. Wow. And they were hurting so bad to use. I literally couldn't even use them. And I went to the um, doctor and they said, this is a neurological problem. Go right to the emergency room. Oh. So I went to the emergency room and they admitted me into the hospital and they'd ran all these tests. They could not figure out what was going on. They kept telling me to look up. I would keep trying and trying, but I could only look straight ahead or down. I tried with all my might to look up, but I could not look up. Um, and I was in terrible pain and, and they didn't know what to do to help me. They sent me to, they released me from the hospital and sent me to other doctors and then finally, each doctor did a bunch of tests and said, we don't know what's wrong. And they passed me along. And then I ended up at the neuro-ophthalmologist office. And um, he had seen something like that before. He started doing tests. But I was in so much pain. It felt like um, the very back of my eye was just imploding. It, was, it felt like the most severe headache in the back of my eye and I was just closing my eyes. Meanwhile, I had schoolwork. Yeah, I mean, you kind of need your eyes. Right, and I was like, well, I was supposed to go back to school and I did this, why is the way so hard for me now? Yeah. You know, and um, so I found out that even when we do what we're supposed to do, there's still challenges. The way is not just made super easy for us we still have to overcome challenges. And a lot of people are like, well, you're going to quit school. How can you get through this? Yeah. And I said, no, I know I'm supposed to go to school. I know I'm supposed to do this. And school was starting to be such a place of peace to me. I was really enjoying being there because I, you know, I was, it was filling a need I had to um, be with other people and to be treated um, kindly by others and to have others consider my opinion for me to consider theirs. And it was just, 
it was a difference from the abuse I was facing. And it was just, it became such a place of peace for me to get out. And my mind felt really enlivened, learning new things. And I was just loving it. So I was, I, I was like, well, I'm definitely not quitting school. So this doctor put me on this high dose of um, prednisone of steroids um, and it calmed my eye pain down and I was able to keep going with school. Okay. And because I was on that, all of a sudden my back started to do a hundred times better and the other problems in my, with my body started to do better too. I, I had had trouble for years where if I do anything repetitive, that part of my body just goes out. Like, let's say I just cut with scissors. You know, if I make more than 10 cuts, I'm in terrible pain. Wow. And so I had had this problem and no doctor had been able to figure it out. But if I did anything too much, I was unable to continue. Like I had stopped doing needlework, any kind of, any kind of, um, thing that requires small movements because I always just felt like I was having a heart attack um so I had a lot of significant challenges and which is why my situation was so terrifying because I wanted to get out of it but I felt I couldn't support myself at all yeah and um so I just looked to the Lord to help me so when I went back to school and that's why counseling was such a relief because I felt maybe I could sit and talk with people yeah. Even though my um, back was, even though I thought, well, my back's probably going to hurt sitting that long. And if I have to write, that's going to be troublesome. But I just trusted that I could do that. So back to my eyes, these medicines enabled me to actually keep going with school and take care of my family and, um, and make my eyes work but then they were problematic because there's side effects and you don't want to be on steroids too long yeah um and they were having i was starting to have some bad side effects from them so i had to go through this journey uh with the doctors of figuring out what else i could go on and it it was on the steroids for two years and then finally they said you cannot be on these anymore because they had created new problems. And the, um, the doctor said, I can't see any other plan, but all we have left is for you to go on chemotherapy. Oh my basically, goodness. I know, it's basically what um, rheumatoid, it's, it's called methotrexlate, and it's what mm -hmm. um, people with rheumatoid arthritis take okay. um, many times, but it's basically chemotherapy, and it kind of scared me. Yeah. And so I was still going to school facing this crisis. And when they took me off the, um, when they took me off the steroids, I was in so much pain. It hurt to make eye contact with people hmm. just to hold someone's gaze. I was in so much pain that when it came time to close my eyes, to rest them, it hurt to close my eyelids, like the muscle that controls to keep your eyelid closed that was so inflamed that I, I would use my two fingers, and I still do this, I would use my two fingers and close my eyes for a while until they could rest enough so they could close them myself. Mm -hmm. And then I was put on a new med medicine, which is a malaria drug, which they found out that it's my immune system attacking my eyes. Oh. So, yeah, so if they um, knock my immune system down, I start feeling better. 
you know, I wish I didn't have to take those and knock my immune system down, but it's the only way I can use my eyes. Yeah. So that's what I do now. I t- it's actually a medicine for malaria. And this is funny, but they have just found it to be um, very effective against the coronavirus. Oh, really? Malaria. So I'm covered. I- <laughs> <laughs> You're okay. You're inoculated. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I'm covered. I guess this is, yeah. So it they is said they all over, right? <laughs> right? Right. So anyway, I kept with school. I'm about to graduate um, in... In eight weeks, okay. I will graduate. I was telling you a little bit about my journey, that I was in a really bad place. Yeah. Um, well, what got me to the point where I was able to even go to school was life coaching. Okay. Because um, I went to a counselor to um, help me with some of the emotional abuse I had suffered. And this counselor actually is a... Um, teacher, one of the main teachers with Brooke Castillo. Oh, okay. Um, at the Life Coaching School podcast. Yeah. So she was. She was one of the top ten teachers there. Okay. And she had a degree in, in marriage and um, family counseling, but what she did was she used her life coaching material in her counseling. And I really identified with this, what she taught, because I had gone to counseling lots of times before, but I never felt helped. Yeah. Because, um, they never taught me principles that changed how I thought and changed. Um, they didn't give me tools. I didn't feel like I was handed a toolbox, but this time I was handed a toolbox of how to change things. And I just loved this. And the first thing I was taught was that um, I learned I could control my feelings by my thoughts, yeah. which was amazing. I never, well, I kind of tried to do that before. And I think we all try to do it a little bit. When we feel bad, we say, when someone hurt our feelings and we say, I don't care what they think. Yeah. You know, so we're trying to control, we're trying to say to ourselves, you know, it doesn't matter to me, and we're trying to affect our feelings that way. Yeah. Um, but we don't realize what we're doing. Um, it's so different when I, you know what's, what's happening, and you do it intentionally, right? Right, right. So, um, so I thought, well, how do I control my feelings with my thoughts? That's, that's not going to work very good because I've tried to do that before but I was taught how to do it. And that made all the difference um, because we can't trick our body. We can't tell ourselves a thought we don't believe. Yeah. So, um, so if we say, I, I don't care what he thinks, I don't care about his opinion, but we really do. We can't really trick our body. It feels false to us. Yeah. So um, I learned how to make a bridging thought, how yeah. to, um, if you don't believe something yet, you start from a lower place. You, um, you say, I am learning not to care about his opinion. Right. So instead of saying, I don't care about his opinion, you say, I'm learning not to care about his opinion. So you're not there yet, but you're getting there. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, I learned that you can turn your thoughts neutral. 
um, instead of, uh, you know, if someone's angry at you, um, instead of thinking, oh, that person's angry, that person's disgusted at me, you can think, that person has opinions with the people they interact with. You can say that to yourself. You bring the, you bring your thought back to a place of neutrality yeah. where um, it doesn't feel hurtful when you think about it that way because you think, of course, someone has opinions about who they interact with. Everybody does, you know? So I had all these different tricks and then I started adding more tools to my belt. Um, I would think of, instead of going to a place of um, disempowerment, I would go to a place of empowerment with my thoughts. If I felt like I just couldn't make it anymore, instead of thinking to myself, I can't make it anymore, I can't keep going. Instead of that, I would go to a thought that I felt was true. One thought I felt was true was that I was a strong woman. So I would say to myself, I am a strong woman because I knew everything I had gone through and everything I had overcome. And I felt that I had a lot of strength in me. So I would say to myself, I'm a strong woman. It was a real change for my kids because my kids were used to me sometimes saying when I felt overwhelmed, I can't take it anymore. They were used to me saying that out loud sometimes. And I didn't even know I was saying it out loud. And then it was changed, you know, to I'm a strong woman. And it just felt so different. I had a whole bunch of thoughts written down that were empowering thoughts. So when my mind was in a free fall, and when I felt I was in a free fall and I couldn't do it anymore, I could look at these thoughts that I felt that I connected with, that I felt were true, and that I could think these thoughts. And some of them were scriptural thoughts. Some of them were, if God be for us, who can be against us? Yeah. You know, and those were very empowering to me. Um, and when I started bringing my brain back to a place of positivity, I started doing better. And it's hard because we're used to our mind, our thoughts just taking us wherever. Before we learn about this, we just let our thoughts take us wherever they go. Yeah. You know? And we believe and, them. We think that they're just right. Facts. Right. We just believe them as facts. We, then we learn not to trust, not to believe our thoughts, that we can change them. You know, just because you have a thought doesn't mean you have to believe it. Yep. It's just a thought. Yep. Um, and this is interesting because this life coaching, um, it opened, there were new authors that I had never heard of. And I started to read all those authors that really um, made an impact on me, like Katie Byron, yeah, Jay Brown. Yes. Um, so I started reading all these authors along with what I was learning and um, um, Tolle was one of them too, yeah. um, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. And I was loving what they were saying and I was incorporating it all. And I learned how to take my power back. I learned how I had given my power away to other people. And I had let how they felt about me decide who I was. I didn't do it consciously. But, um, you know, I had a person in my life that blamed me for everything and thought that he was depressed because of me. Mm -hmm. And then I learned that 
you know, he is responsible for his own feelings and emotions. How he feels has nothing to do with me, you know? Um, so I learned how to take my power back that way and not worry anymore. And I learned how to be in my own bubble of happiness and not worry about what other people were blaming me for. Um, I learned if someone likes you or hates you, it really doesn't even have anything to do with you. <laughs> yeah. It, I thought that was crazy, but, you know, a person has their own life experiences and um, they decide, they look at you and they make judgments and they decide their, certain things based on their, you know, their cultures, their experiences, what they've been through. and. Um, and they, you know, one of the analogies I love from Brooke Castillo is you could be the juiciest peach, but <laughs> some people just don't like peaches. That's my favorite. You know? So, yep. Yeah. So I learned how to say, you know what? I am a peach and I am extremely juicy, but some people <laughs> don't like peaches. Yeah. And then I learned how to not let strangers bother me. Yeah. Um, I learned how to not let them have power over me. Um, I learned how to kind of kind of look at how they are and kind of be interested in how they were acting instead of taking it personally about me. There was this lady in the dog park that um, just hated my dogs and she hated that they barked a lot. And yeah. this was a dog park. So you go there and your dogs are allowed to bark, you know, yeah. it's a dog park. So yeah. anyway, she would always just throw this huge fit whenever my dogs came in about how, you know, and she would, she would like be really, um, she would drop a couple F-bombs. She was so upset about it. And she used to really bother me. I thought, well, what a jerk, you know? Yeah. But then with my life coaching, I, I, I learned to be amused. I started to smile to myself. And I thought, I'm not going to let her have any power over me to change my emotions and how I'm feeling in my good day. And I thought to myself, isn't it interesting that she acts that way? That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so I was able to find joy no matter my circumstances. I also had this neighbor that used to try to confront me and, and um, be rude to me. And I thought, I'm not going to let him have any power over me. So I just ignored him and didn't say anything to him. And then he eventually stopped. So this was helping me. The life coaching was helping me in every circumstance. I was yeah. taking my power back. Um, it didn't happen overnight because I had to reroute my brain. Oh, that's so like, important. You can yeah. say that again. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes right. Time. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, I would say, like, you're going to see some, um, some relief and some changes pretty quickly. But for your brain to really, like what you said, reroute or redirect, I think it takes about a year. Yeah, I think so. And my um, counselor kept telling me, you are hacking a path through the jungle. You literally have a machete right now and you are making a new brain path, new brain pathways. Instead of just having your thoughts go down the old pathways, you have to, you know, hike with hike this path through the jungle with a machete. Yeah. And I thought that is so true. You have to work so hard to reroute your brain and and bring it to a place of gratitude yeah. instead of thinking all these um, thoughts that 
you're overwhelmed and you can't do it and you have to bring it to a new place of gratitude. Finally had tools in my tool belt and my circumstances didn't change and I'm not able to change them yet, but I was a different person and I was able to find happiness despite my circumstances. And um, I was able to take all these tools and I just feel like a new person now because of life coaching. And people, I think people don't really understand what it is. They think it sounds like some kind of a weird hokey thing, you know? Oh, I know. I know. Preach. <laughs> Tell people. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm trying to do. Like, get it out there. It's so, so hard to, it's just my thought saying it's hard to explain, but um, people have a lot of misconceptions, right? Right. So they what would you say? What, what do well, you think? I, before I knew what it was, I would drive down the road and I would see this building advertising for life coaching. And I would be like, life coaching? That sounds so hokey. It sounds like yeah. someone can't get their life together and yeah. some kind of rich person that, yeah, yeah. you know, has nothing else to do. And yeah. I said, that sounds so weird. But then when I was in this counseling and I started learning about it, I said, that's what this does? This stuff is amazing. Yeah. Counseling never helped me, but this finally gave me the tools I needed. And then there's this other thing that helped me in life coaching, which is called the manual. Oh, yes. Let's talk about the manual. <laughs> right. Which is huge because we have, in our minds, we decided how we think other people should act. And um, we call it the manual because... Um, it's like we wrote, it's like we wrote a book on how other people should act. Right. And, but we didn't tell them about it. We didn't no, say, we just, here, read this book. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they don't know how, how that we think they're supposed to act. Neither should they act that way because it's our manual. Yeah. So I remember, um, catching myself doing this. I was, um, in this calling in my church and, I was making judgments about a person based on how I thought that they should do this calling. And I said to myself, well, why should they act that way? Why should they act according to how I think they should do something? And um, there's no way to, there's no prescribed way that you have to do this. Yeah. You can do it any way you want. So I started catching myself and not worrying about how other people acted and just staying within my, my, in my control. I have control over myself. I don't need to have control over other people. That's their business. You know, yeah. like Katie Byron said, I started staying in my business and not worrying about, you know, how other people acted or having the manual. And by not having this manual, I took my power back. Yeah. Because I didn't have to worry anymore about what people should do. Because when you worry about what people should do, you're handing all your power away. Yeah. I had a manual that said my husband needed to take the trash out. That was one of the first <laughs> things that yeah. um, I, I argued with my counselor about. Yeah. <laughs> because um, I said to my counselor, he needs to take the trash out. And she said, well, why should he? And I said, well, my back is bad. I can't take it out. And and I don't want to have the trash pile up in our yard and us to live like pigs. And I think I had a very good point. I felt like yeah. I had a very good point, you know? All people do. They want to keep yeah. their stories. They want to be right. Right. <laughs> right. 
and so she just argued about about this with me and um it took me a couple weeks um to realize that he doesn't have to take the trash out and he can still be a good person you know and i can and i said well what if i need him to help me with it and she said you can make a request yeah. for him to do something but whether he but if he does it you can keep your peace and if he doesn't do it you can feel peaceful inside too because you just made a request you didn't try to control his behavior you didn't try make your feelings based on whether he did it or not because that's a lot of times what people do we base our feelings on whether people do what we want them to do yeah you know if he doesn't take out the trash you get all upset about it you've just handed your power away yeah you know so um that was fascinating to me and i started to work on that um there's just so many things i learned i cannot tell you how many things i learned from life coaching that but mostly it was my thinking yeah how i thought about things and how i didn't let people affect me anymore the way i used to let them affect me yeah so i i started not having um, I started by having no expectations, actually. Um, and I didn't hand other people my happiness by controlling their behavior. Yeah. So, I mean, that's huge. Yes. It, it's so funny. We think that we can control other people's behavior or even other people's, right. like, how they should think and feel, right? Like. Uh and when we when we realize, oh no, the only one we can control is ourselves. Right, and we think we might be able to. We keep trying. Yes, we do. When we drop that control, that's when we find happiness. Yeah. You know, so I used all these um, life coaching tools, and I started feeling better. Yeah. And um, my counselor said, "You're going to start feeling better. Your back is going to start feeling so much better." And it was, it was improving. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a hundred percent, but a lot of the burdens I carried in my back were lifted. Mm, isn't that interesting? So, the body, yeah. the body and mind are all connected and related. Right. Right. There is a mind body connection, whether you know it or not. And you are going to suffer in your body if you don't have have tools in your mind to deal with your everyday situations so yes so this did so this whole journey got me to a place of strength where I did where I even enrolled in school and where I was able to keep going and school wasn't just you know and once I got into school the journey wasn't over and I did have trouble with um some of my professors because it was a very liberal college and I'm a very conservative person. Yeah. And, um, and so I had to use these tools and help me navigate my way through college. And it's just, it's been an incredible experience. And, um, and I'm about to, um, I've applied for graduate school because I, you know, my goal is to be a counselor. So I have applied for graduate school and I'm waiting to, I just, I played at um, 
I applied at a, a online program for um, University of Reno here. And now I'm waiting to see if I get into that. So my journey is still continuing. And um, it's been amazing. I'm so grateful. I've learned so much. I've learned, you know, I learned how to change my life through the life coaching. I've accomplished something I didn't know that I would ever accomplish. And it was life coaching that helped kept that helped me with my math too. Yeah. Because before when I was younger, I would just want to give up. Yeah. I just but now I, I chose thoughts that could keep me going, mm-hmm. you know, with my math. Yeah. You know, I have to say, you can do it. You know, you're a strong woman. You can get through this. Yeah. And it was an incredible journey. It's still ongoing. Mm-hmm. So what so, do you want to do with the counseling? Who is your... Um, with the counseling, I would like to counsel women just like me that went into my counselor that have lost hope, that are in a place that they feel they can't get out of, because that's where I was at. Um, And I would like to use the life coaching tools, just like my counselor did, to um, teach women what to do. And she not only taught me, she even helped one of my sons that was having trouble with fear. And she helped him overcome this fear through life coaching. how much power do you want to give your fear? Do you want yeah. to give it 50% power, 10% power? He said, I want to give it 0% power. Yeah. And she said, okay, well, you can do that. It's your fear. You're in charge. You're the one that, that made this in your mind. You can decide how much power you want to give to this fear. And um, then she asked him to start drawing. Every day he had to make a drawing where he gave the fear no power. And so he, he made the most creative drawings where, you know, the fear was a bubble and he shot it and gave it no power. He came up with the most creative ways to show, you know, he represented his fear by so many different objects and how he didn't give that fear any power anymore. Yeah. He made this, he made a new drawing every day. It was so amazing. And when he would start to feel the fear come up again, I knew what to say to him. Yeah. You know, how much power do you want to give it? And oh, you're giving it some power right now. I see that you're giving it like 20% power and you're I don't think you want to do that. And so anyway, she used this the life coaching um through everything. So that's what I would like to do. I'd be like I'd like to be a counselor who uses the life coaching tools while counseling yeah. to give women hope. Um, give children hope, men hope too, but mostly I'd, I'd really like to counsel women like me that came to her in such a bad place. Yeah. You know, feeling so hopeless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mandy, I'm just blown away by you. <laughs> this was <laughs> amazing. Uh, I couldn't have said it better. And you're like a living, breathing example of what life coaching can do. Uh, oh yeah! Oh, I, I fully support it. I love it. <laughs> yes. So that is so great, and I just want to uh, encourage you to keep going on your journey. And just, I'm just like getting goosebumps and thinking of all the people and women that you're going to help, and that everything that you've gone through was for a reason and a purpose, so right. that when they tell you stuff, you know exactly 
what they're saying, you know, on every level, what they're talking about. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So do you have any advice to the woman who is in your shoes or in what, in the shoes you were in a few years ago? Well, you know what? I would start by um, going to the Brooke Castillo podcast yeah. and listening to it and start working on the model. The yeah. model, which is that there's a circumstance, we have a thought about it, we have a feeling about it, and then we take action. So I would start by realizing that your circumstances don't dictate um, your happiness. Yeah. And then then start learning how to change your thoughts, which will change your feelings and your actions. And when you start feeling bad, think to yourself, what thought did I have that led to this bad feeling I'm having? Yeah. And start connecting your uh, mind and your body and um, learning how to um, figure out why you're feeling bad. And then when you figure out what thought it was, then work on that thought and start to analyze it and change it. And um, you'll start to find relief from where you are. Yeah. So that's the advice I would give is to um, start noticing your thoughts and your feelings and their connection. And I love in this day and age that they can just go listen to a podcast for free. Like there are so many resources out there. Um, Of course, the optimal would be to hire a life coach or a counselor who does life coaching, right? But if that's not available to them, there's so many free options. There's so many things that you can learn. Right. You know, and I've been listening to your podcast and it is amazing. And you have taught these um, principles so well. So, you know, when you're in a low place, listen to a podcast that yeah. um, brings you to a higher place that gives you strength. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And it would be wonderful if you can, if you can find, you know, a life coach or a counselor, but you know, there's times when you're just, you're all alone and you have to deal with these things yourself. And so that's what I would do. Did you seek her out knowing she did that or did you just, Oh, you just, it was just one of those tender mercies, huh? Yeah, it was, it it was a complete tender mercy. I feel the Lord put her in my life in a time when I was just at my wits end, not knowing what to do. I had been praying and praying for relief. I needed, um, I needed something because I was in a really bad place and then started teaching me these things and I didn't even know they worked life coaching for yeah. a while. And I thought, wow, no counselors ever helped me like this before. They usually <laughs> listen to me talk. And then I, you know, I feel like I, I got something out, but then I, but then my life continues and I have the same bad habits that I didn't yeah. know that I could change. So yes, the complete tender mercy. I was with her for two years. Um, I made notes on every session. I, when I wasn't, I had, I had this notebook that when I was feeling bad, I would go through it and look at everything she told me and I would work on all the, I would practice on everything. And, um, yeah, it was just, I just look back at that time of her teaching is wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mandy. I, again, I just, I'm so glad that you did this. And uh, I, I was right taking notes on what you were saying. 
Oh, um, wow. Because <laughs> you had some really good gems in there and that I'm probably going to like put in a cute little quote thing and put on my social media. So um, thank you so much. And is there any way that like an email or something that people could reach out to you if, if they um, feel sure. like they connected with you or that, that you would understand their story or. Yeah, like sure. That. I would love to help anybody. Okay. So. so I'll put that in the show notes. I'll put your um, email address in the show notes and then. Okay. Sounds good. That way. And good luck on your continued journey. I'm so proud of you. And. Okay. Thank um, you. And that's it for now. So. Okay. All right. Thanks, Amanda. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Go to the show notes and sign up for my newsletter where I'm going to give you simple, short, and sweet tips on how to have a fit mind and body every Tuesday. So sign up for that. Thank you so much for listening and bye for now.